Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hello, Crossing Church. How are you doing this fine day? You doing okay? It is good to see you. Look at this. I mean, I'm at 48th Street right now, and it's starting to fill up around here. God's doing some work. Yeah, it's happening. And oh, I'm just so thankful for that. I want to welcome all of the campuses that are joining with us today, everyone that's online. Special shout out to our Jacksonville location, brand new minted. Uh, campus pastor Josh Oxendine, his family's our first weekend uh, in charge there, and we are so thankful for him. Why don't you just welcome the Oxendine family, all of our locations, part of the team. God's got some great things in store for the, our Jacksonville location, that community, as they find Jesus Christ and how that changes everything in a person's life. So excited about that. And I'm excited about this new series. Actually, uh, this new year, new world, new you uh, series is the first in a set of series that's really designed to do one thing, and that is to just drive us down deep into God's Word, to just get us into God's Word and get God's Word into us more than ever before. What we're going to be doing is over the next 52 or so weeks is uh, we're going to be uh, getting into those core verses. So, hmm, like the rest of you, I am looking forward to 2021 and I have my optimism all dialed in and I'm feeling great. And then the very first day, January 1st, we had an ice storm. And uh, there's, you know, there's just nothing you can do about it. And the ice is coming down and we've got a lot of pine trees and the, the, you know, all of these branches are going like this. And at 1145 in the morning, the power went out. Now, isn't it amazing how short a trip it is back to the dark ages? And in our house, that meant that there was no electricity. And when you have no electricity, that means that there's no water because we're on a well and you have to have electricity to make that well pump work. So there's no water and that means there's no showers and that means that the toilets don't fill up anymore. And it means uh, that there's no heat and then there's no internet. And even though we still have gas, that's not really much good without the electricity that makes all the fans work and all the other things for the furnace, right? And so that whole afternoon that we spend, you know, safely in our house, listening to all the branches break on all of the pine trees outside, and there's literally nothing you can do about it. You just have to let it happen, right? And just this powerless feeling. Now, we still had our phones, and and I had some wood that had been previously cut, and our house has a fireplace, so we could still keep warm. I had to go out and carry wood and, you know, bring it in and try to get it going. Now the power stayed off till 11.15 p.m., so almost 12 hours. I know some had it worse than that, but that's how long it was for us. And uh, by that time of the evening, we'd already abandoned ship and headed off uh, to my son and daughter-in-law's house. We spent the night with them. So my first reaction to this ice storm on January 1st was very telling. If I put it into words, it would be, oh, great. 
just more of 2020. That was really what was resonating in my heart. And it was like all the darkness of this whole last year began creeping back in and working me up into this lather of self-pity. And then something started to shift. And I realized some things in that moment that I hadn't given myself permission to realize before. And these were the things I was realizing that we could still keep warm because we had a fireplace and we had cut wood. And that I could be thankful that the power went off in the morning so I still had the daylight to get the wood together and get the wood near or in the house and could find candles. How many of you ever had the power go out and you don't remember where the candles are? Yeah, it's terrible at nighttime when you can't find them and you're trying to figure out, you know, anyway. We could use the battery power of our computers that were already charged up to recharge our phones. So we could, you know, stay in touch. We didn't have to worry about refrigeration because we had all the outdoors for that. If you just needed to, you could just, you know, take it out in the backyard. I could stay in touch with my family. Uh, and, and if I needed to leave, they would house us. I have a pole saw best uh, investment I made in 2020 to clean up the mess when it warms up. So really, truly, actually, we were just fine. What was really wrong about the situation wasn't the situation. What was really wrong about the situation was inside of me. That was the shift that happened. I started realizing that it was my attitude that needed to change, not necessarily my circumstances. As evening came in that, uh, on January 1st, we had a great fire, we had candlelight, we had a nice dinner, because uh, we have a gas stove, it still worked, you know, so we could kind of cook, and it was, it was kind of interesting doing that, but we, we had a nice dinner. I had the very best company and the very best conversation, it was fine. And as we start 2021, I want, personally, I'm taking that as a lesson for this year, and I'd like to be able to transmit some of that to you, and that is, I would like for you to consider and me to consider something different than just the circumstances changing. I would like for you to consider you changing. And I wanna consider that for me, me changing. Now we're calling this first part of the series, New Year, New World, New You, or just New You, and so for the next 52 weeks, we're going to be exploring 52 key scriptures, key verses of scriptures that you can live by. And then we're going to have Bible stories that illustrate them. And Allison and I are going to be doing our Bible study through this entire series. And uh, you'll be able to concentrate if you tune in to that Bible study, you'll be able to concentrate on like the illustrative story. But on the weekends, we're going to be talking about that key verse and breaking down the key verse. And this is the first one, okay? Very first one for 2021 is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is what it says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. New you, if we say new you, which is the title of the series, we're actually saying different you, right? Because 
we're using it in contrast to the old you. So new you means different you. And a different you must mean then a changed you. And this is the time of year where we explore that anyway, right? We're trying to think about, oh, what is it in my life that needs to change? We make these resolutions to try to make those uh, into realities. So we explore it anyway. So here's my question. What is your vision? Do you have a vision for you in 2021? What is your 2021 vision for you? Is it a thinner you? Is it a less lonely you? Are you going to find, you want to find that perfect relationship? Is it a more well-connected you? Are you going to try to network more than you ever did before? Is it a more relaxed you because you're just given into a lot of anxiety? Is it a more successful you because you just want to be able to accomplish more? What is it? Get that in your mind. Your vision for you, 2021. Now, I want you to ask yourself a second question. What do you think God's vision for you is? And is God's vision different than your vision? So if you were to just kind of come out of your own skin for a little bit, and try to see yourself from God's point of view, what would be those things that God would be saying, this is what I want for my child that I love in 2021? And if you took your list, a vision list, and you took his vision list, what's the same, what's different? And when you apply Romans 12 two, ask yourself this, how much of that vision is dedicated to confirmation not confirmation, but conformation to conform to the pattern of this world and how much of it is dedicated to transformation. Because what God wants to do, God's vision for you is a transformative vision, not a vision to conform to this world. And that's where we see this scripture very, very clearly. It doesn't say, hey, you might want to think about not conforming to this world. It, it gives you a command. No longer, do not conform. It's a command. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So we need to stop trying to conform, to live up to everyone else's expectation of us. Now that is really, really hard to do. So if we're looking at 2021 and our vision has a lot of conformity in it, it's going to be hard to move away from that because there is so much pressure on us to do exactly that, to conform to this world, right? And there are patterns to it. I think it's interesting that the Bible uses the pattern of this world because there are these patterns. Think about all these areas where there are patterns of conformity around you, like personal patterns or cultural patterns or political patterns or racial patterns or sexual patterns or spiritual patterns or economic patterns. All patterns and all those patterns come with worldly expectations and they all come with worldly consequences if we fail to measure up to what our world wants from us in conformity, if that pattern is not followed. And our vision tends to be connected to those patterns, don't, doesn't it? 
Now, God's vision for your life in 2021 and beyond is never, ever that. God's vision for your life is never, ever conformity. He doesn't want you to be conformed to the pattern of this world. God's vision for you is transformation. He wants you to change. The word in the Greek language is, is the word that we get the word metamorphosis from, like from caterpillar to butterfly. What God wants us to do is to transform. But here's what I love about this. And it's subtle, so you might miss it. I don't want you to miss this because the word transformation in Romans 12, 2 is in the passive voice. Now, you're, they're going, well, you're getting into grammar here, and I just hang with me. It's in the passive voice. You notice it doesn't say, no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transform by renewing your mind. It doesn't say that. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's passive voice. Now, why is passive voice a big deal? Because it means that you don't do this by yourself. If it said transform by renewing your mind, God would be putting all of that expectation on you. But it says be transformed, like let this happen to you by the renewing of your mind. So the renewing of your mind is not something you do. It's something that you do in a cooperative effort between you and God, that God plays a role, you play a role. And that is the beauty of transformation because it's supernatural and only God can work supernatural things. Transformation is that. It can only happen when you pursue God's vision for you. If you're only pursuing your own vision, it'll never happen. God's power is only expressed, listen to this, God's power is only expressed in his will for your life, not in yours. The problem is a lot of times we want God's power to be expressed in our will for our lives. And then we get disappointed when it doesn't happen. God's power is expressed in his, in his will, all right? So how do I actually live this out? Well, there are things in life that I can control and there are things in life that I really can't control. Transformation happens when I move the things that are under my control toward God's vision for me, and then I trust him to control the things that are outside of my control. Does that make sense? So that's this cooperative effort. There are so many things I can't control in life. Let him take care of that. I only need to worry about the things that I can control, all right? So what I'd like for to do right now is give you three tools for that, and they're all Bible-based, okay? So I want us to see how this idea of getting these key verses, these core verses into our hearts and minds actually allow us to participate in this work uh, of experiencing transformation. Okay, so I'm gonna give you these three Bible tools, ready? The Bible is kind of like a light. You might even think of it like a flashlight. So what does a light do? When you think about being exposed to God's word, letting God's word get into your heart, how that makes you trans transform. It operates like a light. Well, simply put, a light helps you to see things that you might fail to see without that light. Does that make sense? That's the only time you need a light is when you're in a dark enough place that you can't see things or they're not easy to see without that light. 
So in a sense, what light does is it exposes the truth. Like when you turn the light on and you see how things really are. There are some times when you'd really like the truth exposed when you're getting up at night and you want to get a snack and you don't remember that that table leg was right there and then pow, right? And when you're done cursing everything known to man, you realize that there was a truth there that you just did not recognize, that you didn't see, and it happened to be a piece of furniture. But that's what, that's what light does, is it exposes truth, and truth is a very powerful thing, not just to your toes at night, but it is a very powerful thing all the way across the board in your life. Now here's something I've noticed about myself. I can spend a lot of time, and I can spend a lot of energy trying to control things that I can't or worry about things that I have no power over when I could use that same time and I could use that same energy to work on the things that I can control. And this is that cooperative effort. Like how many of you, like me, were worried about what that ice storm was gonna do? And how many of you have power over an ice storm? <laughs> ice storm. Go away. Yeah, you can't. There's nothing that you can do. You have no control over that. How about the news? How about your news feed? How many of you are just like all over it? Like, uh, you know, how many of you are like addicted to that? Addicted to that news feed. You're addicted to the politics of it, you know? Because, you know, all, everybody's got their political hackles up, you know? Or to the pandemic, like what's happening right now? Or this, <laughs> and you're trying to, what are you doing? Do you know what this is showing you? That your perception is completely false. Light, the light of God's word, will show you that your perception is completely false. It'll expose the illusion of control. You can't control that stuff. You think that you can control the news cycle, that you can control the pandemic, that you can control all the stuff that you're reading? You can't. You can, you can do very, very limited things. So all that worry and all that energy, you know what that is? It's trying to control something you can't control. And I, I, I coined a phrase for this as I was worry, wor working through this in my own life. And that phrase is this, permissible addiction. Do you have permissible addictions? So there are like these addictions that are like not permissible. Like everybody knows, like if, if you have like a drug addiction, now you're not supposed to have a drug addiction or you have an alcohol addiction or a sex addiction or some, you know, everybody goes, oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm not supposed to be addicted to that. But then there's this whole other set of addictions that are permissible addictions. Like nobody is telling you, you can't do that. And yet they can have a very detrimental effect on your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, the apostle Paul says this, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. One of the versions of, of the Bible says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. All things are permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. 
You see, I think that inside of us, we think we can master, we can master, like we, we can manage this. I can manage looking at the news. I can imagine, I uh, manage being involved like totally in my social media. The truth is that those things can actually master you. Come on, be honest right now. They can master you. And you can start worrying, you know, fretting. You can become anxious. Like this can trigger like major anxiety in your life. You can actually become hysterical. You can become fearful. And you get focused on the darkness with this permissible addiction. Now the light of God's word says this, Matthew 6, 34, Jesus do not, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? Let me give you a deeper view of what worry is or anxiety is. Worry is a slap in the face to God. It really is. Worry is trying to wrestle control out of God's hands so that you can have it yourself, even though it's a complete illusion. And the Bible makes it clear, do not worry. That means to do that is sinful. And the light of God's word exposes it for what it actually is, just a lie. We need the light of God's word. We also need a map, a map, because God's word is like a map. Now, what does a map do? Well, a map gives us the benefit of perspective, right? You can see your destination on a map. You can see where you've been, like your origin on the map. You can see all the waypoints along the way. And the fact is that the map of our life is not a mystery to God. It might be a mystery to us, but it's not a mystery to God. And it doesn't need to be to us. It really doesn't. Because God has told us in his word. And if we're people that are dedicated to God's word, that map isn't so mysterious. And I love that because you know what God teaches us? That where does this map ultimately lead us? If we're people of God, it leads us back to our Father. It leads us home. It leads us to heaven, right? It's not mysterious. That's where it's taking us. But it's not just a map to heaven. The Bible is also a map to becoming more like Jesus and less like ourselves, less like this world. And the problem is we want to draw our own map. You ever were a kid and like you, you like hid some treasure and you drew yourself a map, right? The thing is, is if you, if you draw your own map and you draw the map wrong, you're going to end up in the wrong place. I want a map that's going to take me to the right places and not the wrong places. Have you ever like been on your, your app on your phone and you did a map and there was something that was goofed up and it took you out in the middle of nothing? And it's like, how did that happen? This, I'm, come on, what's wrong with this thing? Yeah, if you, if you have the wrong map, you're going to end up in the wrong place. But if you have the right map, you're going to end up in the right place. And God's word is a map. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says this. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Listen, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, God has a course mapped up out for us. God has prepared in advance for us to do. 
There are all these divine appointments in front of us that God has planned for us. God has great things in store if you are following his map. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the writer says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, in other words, the map worked for them, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, look, the race that is marked out for us. Once again, God's saying, I have a plan. We call it the upper story. I have a plan. I've got a destination. I've got waypoints. I've got divine appointments along the way, and it's awesome. You need to stick with my map. God's word is that map. He made the map. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Now, most of the time, when people talk about this scripture, they talk about self-denial or what it means to take up the cross. I just want to do the simple part at the end, follow me. You know why? Because our map comes with a guide. It isn't just a map. We have someone who is perfectly able to read that map and never make a mistake. And let me tell you something about Jesus Christ. He will get us there. We have a great guide. We have a light. We have a map in God's word. You know what else we have? A calendar. Or maybe a schedule. And what does a calendar or a schedule do? Well, it shows us the most important currency, the most valuable currency in our lives, our time, and how to spend it. And all of you have routines, right? All of our locations, we all have routines. And what do those routines look like? Well, they show us the truth about what we truly value. When you look at all your routines, that's what it does. Do you know that the average American Christian spends five times the amount of time on shopping as they do pursuing their faith in Jesus? <laughs> you know, whatever shopping produces for you is temporary, right? You know that. The clothes that fit now temporary. Hear, hear what I'm saying? If you want to tweet something, how about this one? If we put our happiness in temporary things, we're going to end up with temporary happiness. You know what my phone does? My phone tells me how much time I spend online. Does your phone send you that notification? Here's how much time you, how much screen time that you have. And then how much that's up or how much that's down. And every time I have seen that, I have felt like I needed to drop to my knees and repent of my sin. I cannot believe that I have spent that much time on my phone. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If that's what you're concerned about, all these things, then we need to follow the way that God tells us to do that, right? And our routines, like all the time we're sitting there and we're on our phone or our tablet or our computer, all our routines can have negative power. 
But if we would be able to like change that trajectory of that, maybe that could have positive power. If we could have positive routines. So I need a calendar that puts Christ first. And God's word helps me to do that. So putting all of that in perspective, what are your takeaways? What are my takeaways for the beginning of 2021? Light. Let me share something with you. So <laughs> I'm studying this thing that I'm coming up with called permissible addiction. And I am realizing that I am addicted. I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to the news. I'm addicted to politics. I'm addicted to all of that. So guess what I did four days ago? I put it all down. Put it all down. I haven't checked my social media in four days. I haven't looked at a news feed in four days. I would have turned off my notifications, but I, instead I just gave it to my daughter and said, here, would you turn off my notifications? Because I didn't want to go through all that. Four days. Now, four days is just a little bit more than half my week, right? And just before I walked out here on stage, my phone went ding, and I went over there, and guess what? It was the screen time thing. And it said, your screen time is down 45%. And I was like, yeah. Somebody's going to call me now, you know? Like Mark Zuckerberg's going to say, what is wrong, Jerry? <laughs> hmm. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this action step. Give up an addiction that is giving you the illusion of control. Because it's really just causing you to worry. And what I want you to do is invest that into spending more moments with God. Could you do that? Some of you are going, well, I've got a lot to choose from. There's like 15 permissible addictions and then about 25 that aren't, and I'm supposed to be doing it. So pick one. Take a step. Capture something in your life and let God's word be a light to you. Exposing the truth of that, illusion of control, and give that up to God. What a great thing to do for 2021. There might be a relationship right in front of you right now, a conversation that needs to happen, some way to appreciate someone else, something that minimizes worry and maximizes lasting joy. What is that for you? Let God's word be a light. Here's the second one, the map. You know, a map is kind of, you're kind of from God's perspective when you look at a map because you're looking down at this whole thing, right? And you, you can see it kind of as a whole thing. Remember that perspective. As you, as you look at how you have your life mapped out, remember that God sees your life that way. Remember that God can see your destination. He wants you to understand that destination. And he has waypoints, divine appointments along the way. And he doesn't want you to just get there. He wants you to become something. He wants transformation. So why don't you like journal and catalog the divine appointments you had each day and how you grew in God because of them. You think you'd benefit from that? Just something happened in your life and you just like, you know, I'm just going to get out my notes on my notes app and I'm just going to say, oh, God did this great thing today. 
What if you were able to catalog that? You did it for two months, and then you look back on those two months and you just read, wow, look what God did. That was pretty amazing. And then your calendar. Maybe you could take some time and check your daily routines and find the ones that are taking you places where you really don't need to go, and then ask yourself what routines will take you in God's direction, and then trust Him to give you all that you need inside that direction. So take Matthew 6, the words of Jesus, seriously. So, the ice storm taught me a lot about me. All I had to do was have that shift. And instead of concentrating on my circumstances, I needed to concentrate on what was going on inside of me. Now, right now, I still have a mess in my yard. I've got tons of branches that are down. But guess what? I can clean that up. That ice is going to melt off the needles, and eventually I'll have all that dragged off and put away, and my yard will be clean again. But there's a mess inside me, and that mess I cannot clean up by myself. That mess, I need God to help me clean up. And so do you, right? So maybe today, the same transformation that took a dead, ruined body like Jesus when he died on the cross and brought him back to life so he could walk out of a tomb and that tomb would be empty. That same transformative power could work in your life. I want you to consider that while we move to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.